Be seated. So a couple of announcements before we get into the sermon. Uh, The first one, I didn't think I would have to announce this early in the season, but we will never cancel for snow or weather. If I can get here, we're having church. If we didn't have power today, we're still having church. We're just going to do a candlelight service. There is never a question if on Sunday morning, if we're going to have services. Now that being said, please use the common sense that God gave you. And if it's not safe for you to come, don't make Kent come get you. With the ambulance or the fire trucks. You are welcome to stay home. You can watch it on Facebook. You can wait. We'd rather have you here next week than never again. But there's always going to be that one person who shouldn't be on the roads who desperately needs church. So we'll have our doors open. Also, we are working, you know, we are getting closer to Christmas and all of that. And we have our ugly sweater service coming up on December 23rd. In that service last year, we had a special guest from a man in red who may or may not be here this year. I don't know yet. Um, We also had some special music from Samuel on his cello. And what I would love to have is more of that. So if you have a child or you yourself have special music that you want to sing or play or whatever, we want you to be able to do that, especially especially for that Sunday. But I have a standing rule that I will always say yes. If you come to me and five minutes before the service starts and say, I want to play this song, I'm going to let you. But especially want to get that in for the 23rd. Um, and, And never feel like it has to sound good. Jesus doesn't call us to good. He calls us to sing. And he calls us to offer that. So you might sound like a dying moose, but Jesus is still gonna think it's beautiful. And we will clap anyway, even if it sounds like a dying moose, because that's what we're gonna do. So if you know someone, we'd love to have that for the 23rd or any Sunday, Um, but let's go ahead and pray and dig in. Dear Jesus, we have gathered here today to hear from you. So we pray that that's exactly what would happen. That not my energy, not my words, but that your energy and your words would break through this place. That you would speak to us the words you need us to hear. That you would turn our hearts to be open to you in all that you have for us this day. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I will never forget, and especially today with Olivia playing piano, and when she plays in Carnegie Hall, I will be right there yelling for an encore of Freebird because it's what I do. Um, But I'll never forget the day she graduated from preschool. You see, we lived in California, Pennsylvania, uh, just a couple blocks from California University of Pennsylvania, and they had there a preschool run by the university, and it was designed so that the college students could teach the kids 
and basically experiment on them with new curriculum and ideas and all of that. And that's literally what it was. We'd ask them, what's the curriculum? They're like, we don't know. We're going to make it up on the fly. And they'd get a grade for it. But when she graduated preschool, they, they dressed up the kids in a cap and gown, and, and they, they marched across this bridge to symbolize uh, moving into kindergarten. And the president of the university showed up and gave a speech about the importance of lifelong learning. And then as they walked across the bridge, the president of the university handed them their diploma. I went to IUP. I couldn't even tell you our president's name. They weren't even at my graduation. And I spent far more money than Olivia did in that school. But they did. And as this happened, and the president's there shaking hands, and, and she's getting, giving the diploma, all the parents are crying. They're just crying. My baby's growing up. I, I wasn't crying, though. I, I, had, I, I had lost my tears already that day, not because I was too tough to cry, but because that morning, as I was sitting there drinking my coffee, and you know how important my coffee is to me. From upstairs in her bedroom, I hear this little tiny voice, da Daddy, I need your help. And I hadn't even had my coffee yet, and the internal thoughts were, no, child, no, you don't. Figure it out. I need my coffee. But I didn't say that. Instead, I went to go and investigate why does my five-year-old need my help before I've had my coffee. There she was in her pretty little Easter dress with the yellow flowers on it, and she couldn't zip it up in the back. She said, Daddy, can you help me zip up my dress? That's where I lost it. That's where visions of her birth and watching her grow, visions of the future with prom dresses and maybe even wedding dresses were, were flooding into my mind, and I'm now a giant puddle of tears. Six foot five, 260 pounds, just crying because my little girl needed my help. I could have said, no, you're on your own. I'm not helping you, sorry. And you know what would have happened? She'd have figured it out. She, she'd have gotten it. But then a couple years later, when, when that boy breaks her heart and she needs someone to uh, hide his body, um, she would say, well, that one time, Daddy didn't help me. Or, or later on, when she needs somebody to talk to, or she needs some help, she'd, know, she'd remember that back then, Daddy didn't help. You see, I did some math. And if everything goes perfectly, if every piece of this birth to 18 years old goes perfectly, we have 936 Saturdays, 936 weeks, and only if everything goes perfectly, until such a time where they don't have to listen, they don't have to ask for advice, 936 weeks. Samuel's 10 years old. They're over halfway done. What's happened is that for some reason, the God of the universe at the beginning of creation went, you know, this guy 
gets to be a parent for these two kids. And there are some days since the beginning of time where I look up and go, God, are you sure? But for whatever reason, God says, you know what, this is what you get to do right now. This is where I'm going to place you. This is where you get to be. And so you have to do it to the best of your abilities. Those situations that we've been planted in are the ones that God has put us in to do the best that we can. And so if I had said, no, Olivia, figure it out, when she clearly needed my help, I would not have been living into that role that God has placed me in. Now, just so none of you think I am the perfect parent, there are times where I am sure the neighbors can hear us. We keep the windows closed because they're not listening. And if you've been stuck in the house for four days with no electricity, those days come more and more frequent. Yeah. And what happens is you end up feeling like this horrible parent because you just went psycho on your child and you wonder if you have scarred them for life. You probably haven't. But God has put us in these situations to be the best that we can. And if we turn that away from talking about me to another angle of talking about what we've been going through, right now is the largest power blackout in 81 years of West Penn power. 31,000 customers without electricity. What do we do there? God has put us as followers of Jesus into those situations where some of us have electricity and some of us don't. And we end up at a place where this is the situation where God has put us in and we have ways of acting in there, of serving in and out of that. And maybe that's, that's huge things like getting out there like you saw in the newspaper with uh, cutting down wood, cutting down trees out of the road and really getting into it because we have the tools and the abilities. Sometimes it's small things like loaning your neighbor a generator. Sometimes it's small things like going to the grocery store and asking your neighbor, hey, do you need me to grab anything while I'm out? It's all over the place that Christ has put us into those situations. And we serve out of that. Now, if you have your Bible, I want to invite you to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4, starting in verse 10. Yes, Lord? What? <laughs> oh! All I could think of was it's a wonderful life. And Jimmy Stewart and the angel showing up. Like, what was that? And it, I was at like Twilight Zone. We were at two different places. And it was right when I said, let's read the Bible. Well then, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Serve each other according to the gift each person has received as good managers of God's diverse gifts, that whoever speaks should do so as those who speak God's word. Whoever serves should do so from the strength that God furnishes. Do this so that in everything God may be honored through Jesus Christ. To him be honor and power forever and always." When we've been placed in certain situations, whether that's as a parent 
or as an employee, or as a boss, or as a neighbor, or as a friend. We have options, we have choices, and what First Peter is showing us is to serve in those places, to serve with the gifts we have been given. So if you've been given electricity, you can serve from that place and say, hey, come charge my phone. If you've been given in, gifted in the place of having wealth, you can serve in such a way as using that wealth for those who are in need. We are called to serve in such a way that God gets the glory. That it's not about us and say, hey, look how good I am. It's to serve in such a way that we say, look at how good God is. And it says there that those who speak should speak from God's word. But it's, all about, it's an example. He's saying those who speak. We could also say that, that those who have a job those who have to fill out TPS reports, those who have to work the weekends again, those who have to repair those lines again, should do so as if they are doing it from God's word. There's a a story, not a story, a, a saying, that if God has called you to sweep streets, you should sweep those streets in the way that the God of the universe looks down and goes, those are some clean streets. Look at the person who I have called doing exactly what I've called them to do. When we don't live out of that, we find ourselves in danger of bitterness and resentment and just being miserable and justifying all sorts of things because we try to hold on to what's ours. But what Christ has called us to in that moment is to serve, is to get our hands dirty, as it were. For some people, that is getting their hands dirty and doing the work. For others, it's serving on committees. For others, it's doing their nine-to-five job as best as possible. But for still others, that nine-to-five job isn't what they're called to do with their life. It's simply a means to enable them to do what they're called with their life. I I have a a friend of mine who's a dentist. He hates being a dentist. He hates every part of being a dentist, except for the two weeks a year he goes to Haiti and works and does free dental work for those who don't have access to a dentist in Haiti. His job enables him to do and to serve with the gifts that he has been given. We have the same thing. You might just think that you're wiping snot off that nose for the billionth time. You might just think you are making sure you have the appropriate numbers of flair on your uniform. Or you might just think it's one more TPS report, but the reality is you are living from a place of service to God. And we should live out that service in such a way that God gets the glory. When we do that, that glory can strengthen us into being able to do it 
better or longer or stronger or to do more of the impossible than we ever thought we could or ever could on our own. God might have called you to all sorts of places. You know, in this church, we span the spectrum of employment from mechanics and contractors and college professors and um, white collar and blue collar and no collar and a retired collar. We are all over the place. But whatever that is, we are called to do it in such a way that it brings glory and honor to God. Now, there's, there's a common misconception among Christianity, though. We say yes to everything. And we can end up turning into a doormat. Well, you're supposed to do this because you're a Christian. Yes, but there is such a thing as good boundaries. You are allowed to say no. You are allowed to turn down good things so you can say yes to the best things. You can't be a functional employee if you're consistently working overtime without ever taking a day off because you burn out, you wear out. You aren't a machine to just go forever. So you can say no to that overtime. You, you aren't functional as a disciple if you have said yes to serving on every single committee this church has. You wear out, you get tired. you get burdened down by all of it. So it is good and appropriate to say no so that you can say yes to the things you really do want to do. And it's in there that we live out of a posture of service that God has called us to as followers of Jesus. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you that you would be with us. We pray that as we serve, we would serve you. We would serve in such a way that you get the glory. Not us, but you. That in all things, we would be able to serve from your strength. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would stand.